uh, in Brazil we don't have Thanksgiving. And I don't know why, because it's something so good to have and we don't do it in Brazil. And I know that we have to be thankful every day because we have so much to be, f to be thankful for. But I think to, be to have a season that you can think more about that is very good because you can think more. You can think uh, about everything you are thankful for. And we, I don't know about you, but I don't do it like every day. I should do, but I sometimes I just forgot to be thankful. And I am thinking about that the last couple of days, and I am very thankful for people that make a difference in other people's life. And I have a lot of people that are making difference in my life right now. So I am thankful for Anne Volker and his uh, her family and everything they really do for us because I never met someone like you. Like you, we have a family living with you, and that's too much for me to believe. But I am very thankful for. And I know my kids are kind of uh, noise, you know. And <laughs> they can do really noise, but. I'm thankful that you don't complain about that. <laughs> and I'm thankful for Paul and Karen and everything they, do, they did for us. Paul has been uh, to Brazil like for 10 years, I think right now, more than 10 years. And every time he went to Brazil, we were very blessed for him. Not just us, but uh, our church in Brazil and uh, Isaac's dad. So it's very good to, to be with them and we are very thankful for them. And I am very thankful for Sarah because she's someone that cares about others. Because I was doing a treatment in Brazil, I doc a doc doctor treatment, and I forgot my uh, how do you say that? My pres prescription in Brazil, and I w I ran out of pills, and I was like, oh my god, what should I do? And I went to the whole all the pharmacies I know here, and they just said, do you have to have a doctor's pres prescription? And I said, but it's in Brazil. What should I do? <laughs> So Isaac told me, we can talk with Sarah and see what she, she can do or if she can help us. And she, uh, we talked with Nate first and he talked with her and she in the same, in the same time said, I can help you, I'm going to help you. So I'm very grateful for her and for her family and because they care for others. So, and I am trying to be like you all and, and I'm thankful for this church because you received us with so much love, it's unbelievable what you have doing for us and and I am very thankful because we feel loved. Of course we miss our family but we don't miss our church because you are being our church right now and it's very good to be here. So um, that's it. I'm thankful for that. Good morning uh, everyone. Last night I was sharing with the guys. We're, we just started a high school thing Thank you. <laughs> and I was saying that it's inside the human being uh, not being thankful, right? Uh, if we have hot weather, we complain. If we have snow, we complain. If we have, it's we don't just, complain about snow. yeah, we don't <laughs> complain because we don't have snow in Brazil. <laughs> but, but we love snow. Yeah, but we, I was telling the guys this morning that we are uh, less than 100 miles from the ocean. And we're, we're used to it, so we don't go usually. So I know that's something huge. And every day things that we can enjoy from God and blessings that we, we receive. And there is no secret to enter in God's presence. We can see in Psalms 100 verse 4 that just enter with thanksgiving and praise. And we're going to receive love and mercy 
thrown in his hand. So uh, my invitation this week is for being thankful for daily things and for people that are around. I challenge the guys to say thankful, uh, say thank you maybe for a father or a mother or for a classmate or a teacher that taught good things or maybe someone that just works at Target, Walmart, McDonald's and that can change their day. And that's something that we're thankful for being here in Alder Natalia Center. Thank you. You may have to import some turkey. <laughs> That's the best part. All right. Um, so kids, you are dismissed. For those who want to go, everybody's welcome to keep their kids in here too. Um, we don't mind the noise. We just said, hey, let the little kids come. So we do that. But we also let them go <laughs> if they need to go. So um, We do have a couple of quick announcements. Don't get emails from me. Put your name and email address on there. Um, and the offering box is over here next to the plant. If you have tithes or offerings that you want to give, that's where they are. Um, we are in need of some greeters. You probably were greeted by Naomi and handed a name tag. We would love um, it to not only have to be Naomi every single week. Um, we're also planning to have somebody back here so that no matter who no matter which door people come into, they feel greeted and welcomed. And that's especially good for visitors, right? How many of you have ever visited a church for the first time in your life? How many of you at one point visited this church for the first time in your life? I think you can all agree that sometimes visiting a new church is a little nervous. Like you feel a little something. You're wondering how it's going to go. How are these people? Are they weirdos? Uh, you have all these questions, and um, people who professionally study this stuff, like Gallup, um, have done polls, and they have said that most people, like 90% of people, decide within the first couple minutes if they're ever coming back to a church, which means the service hasn't started yet, and they've made a determination on whether they're ever coming back. And therefore, it's based on the people, and it's based on how they feel. Do they feel welcome? Do they feel invited? Do they come in and someone says hi, but everybody's talking over here, and they look, oh, that's a new person. We don't want to talk to them. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. We're all awesome, by the way. That's why people do like coming here. Uh, but because that's a gift, because we have a, a gift of fellowship and hospitality, I would say, at this church, um, that's something that we can then utilize because God wants us to use our gifts, right? And so we're going to, over the next you know, few months, work on trying to get – uh, be even more hospitable, especially towards visitors and guests, and to remember, hey, I was a visitor once, or I was a visitor last week um, <laughs> in a couple of cases, and, and to be like, okay, I want, I want this person to feel welcome, just in case, because we don't know people's background. We don't know people's situation, right? It could be their first time in a church in 20 years. We, we don't know where people are at, and so let's love them. Let's welcome them. Let's, and so that's part of why we do the name tags, to help them feel a little less awkward. Hi, stranger. Hi, stranger. Hi, stranger. We at least know the strangers' names this way, which is kind of nice. It also is helpful for us because if we've been around for a while and we forgot that one person's husband's name and, and, and it's just – it's been way too long now. It's too awkward. <laughs> it's too awkward to ask 
what is your husband's name? Because it's just, it, it would look, it would reflect poorly on us. And I'm, I'm by the way, speaking like autobiographically because I do this sort of thing all the time. Names are not my strong suit. I'll remember all of your faces. If I ever see you again in my life, I'll be like, I know who you are, lady. Like, <laughs> names, names are not my strong suit, okay? And so the name tags are helpful for me, so I appreciate you uh, doing that, but they're also, I think, helpful for a lot of us, so... Um, Greeters are needed, is my point that I started with. Uh, next Sunday, we, we eat every week. So, you know, we've got food almost every week, at least something. Um, next week, though, is our official Lydia House lunch for the month, um, church potluck, to welcome back Pastor Paul from Tanzania. I don't know if we'll have any Tanzanian food or not. Um, I'll try to find some Tanzanian coffee. That would be funny. Uh, but uh, so we're going to welcome back Paul and hear some stories. And so next week, potluck, bring something if you can. If you can't, come anyway and bring food and bring your family and your friends. And if you stop and get gas on the way here, talk to the person on the pump across the way and say, hey, there's free food at lunch if you want to come. <laughs> That's a parable, by the way. Jesus said, go out and invite everybody into the feast. And they came back, and Jesus said, there's nowhere near enough people. I said, go out and invite everybody. Like everybody, like the very least we can do is invite people to food is the basic point of the New Testament. Um, but it is true. Peop- and, and you're not going to bother anyone. Everyone likes to be invited to stuff. Who doesn't like to be invited to stuff? I, I probably know one person who hates being invited, but he needs he- inner healing. Um, and so, hey, invite people if they don't come fine. It doesn't matter if they come to this service or not. So if you've got kids or friends or whatever, come to different services. Hey, come over for lunch. We love that. So potluck next week, bring something. We don't have a theme. The theme is like Thanksgiving. Like if you've got, if nobody ate the cranberry salad, just bring it on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) I hope we get eight cranberry salads because that would be fantastic. Okay. Uh, um, So Isaac mentioned this, but we have a new youth service happening on Saturday nights. Yay, youth. Um, so that is awesome. So if you know youth or have ever been a youth, um, pray about that. Pass the word. Tell folks that youth are meeting and 6 o'clock for food and then have a service at 7. And it's a lot of uh, Concordia students uh, right now, but it's open to well, you know, all high schoolers to be there. So uh, we're excited to be doing that. Uh, we've been wanting to get that started for a while. And thanks very much to Isaac. For, for pioneering that, and to Barnabas and everybody else who's a part of it. You all rock. Yay, Barnabas. It's, it was your turn to get applause. Um, so Masumi, uh, the, there's a Japanese service once a month, and so that's why sometimes we don't see Masumi and Sachiko and some of those folks because they go to the Japanese service because it's fun for them to have it in j- Japanese. Um, but they wanted me to pass on an announcement that... Um, Every year, Paul and Karen and Masumi and Sachiko, most years, have been doing an outreach to Japanese students, mostly from the U of M, but to other s- colleges around the area as well. So these are people from Japan. Japanese is their primary language. They don't know what Christmas is. When we were in Japan, they, they don't know what Christmas is. Christmas is a place where you apparently bring a tree inside the building, and you put stuff on it, and then there are sales. That's honestly what Christmas is to them. Um, and, like, no concept of Jesus or anything like that. It's just the, the few commercial aspects that they've grabbed onto. And so um, the Andersons and others have done this outreach almost every year to bring in Japanese students in particular to their home here, and they get 40, 50, 100 
of these Japanese, most of them never heard the gospel before. They don't know what Christmas is. They don't know the, the story of Jesus. But they're here in America to learn more about America and to study and all this kind of stuff, so they're happy to be here. And every year people get saved, and it is, it's, it's just an awesome outreach. And so that's going to be happening soon. And so if we can be praying about that, I'll, I'll put a date in the update email um, so you can be praying about a specific date. Uh, but she asked if we could put out the word for Christmas cookies. They would love to have a bunch of Christmas cookies. And as you can imagine, baking Christmas cookies for many dozen college students um, is a task for one or two people to manage because um, college kids can eat their cookies. Thank you, December 1st. So it's, so, it's so it's not this coming Saturday, it's next Saturday. It is fun. Yeah, we were at one a few years back, and it's, I mean, it, it's, it's a really cool thing. It's a really cool thing, and it's, a, it's an outreach that, you know, this church has been a part of for a long time. So, you know, it's usually afternoon. Yes. People from Nevada told us it's December 1st. <laughs> By the way, um, Steve, Steve and Betty will be here for six weeks starting shortly after Thanksgiving. And so Ducky, Ducky will be back, for those who remember Ducky. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> There's a duck that sometimes speaks at church. That's all you need to know. Um, so yes, cookies for Saturday the 1st. I'm sure I'll, I'll get some info as to where to drop them off, probably this house um, sometime before that event. So if you're a baker, go for that. That'd be awesome. And I think that's enough announcements, unless anybody else has one. I'm at my limit. Okay, let's get into the Bible. I, we need more Bible. Enough announcements. No, announcements are important. So a uh, quick recap of last week, and then I'm, I just have a couple thoughts for today, um, and then I'm going to see what you guys have to say. So why don't we say a quick prayer to transition. Father God, we thank you that you are a God who is thankful and who loves to teach us how to be thankful and how to show gratitude. And we pray that you would help us to be more open to that, to cultivate that in our lives. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and show us areas in our life where we need to improve. Lord, we give you permission to come and put your finger on things in our life this morning that you want to say, hey, here's an area where you could do a little better at that. And we ask you to do that, Holy Spirit, because we want to cooperate with you in becoming more like Jesus. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week we talked, we mentioned uh, Psalm 95.2, which is, let's come into his presence with thanksgiving. So we enter the presence of God with thanksgiving, and Isaac already quoted Psalm 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving. So this is a common theme especially in the Old Testament, but Jesus reiterates it, Paul reiterates it, that we come into the presence of God with thanksgiving. And there's something important to that. I'm not saying we're not in the presence of God if we haven't given thanks in the very near recent past, but the Bible is pretty clear that in order to come into the fullness of an experience of the presence of God, thanksgiving is a component. It's, it's part of the formula. It's part of the mix. And so we want... Uh, to get a little better at demonstrating gratitude and thanksgiving. It's not just an attitude. 
We talked about that last week. It's not just being thankful in our heart. That's great. That's good. That's like the first step. But then the next step is getting the thanksgiving out of our face towards God, towards each other, towards the situation. Um, and sometimes, I mean, maybe especially in the Midwest, um, maybe you guys don't know this, but uh, Midwesterners, we, we hail from typically northern Europe, often Scandinavia, Britain, places where emotions aren't always expressed. They're jammed deep, deep down within you <laughs> and hopefully never come out. And uh, <laughs> I think of my grandparents and I mean, I think of, you know, stereotypic Irish people and all this kind of stuff. Um, I mean, <laughs> there, there's the old, there's, I, I like uh, Sven and Oli jokes and other Scandinavian jokes, you know. And there's the there's one where Sven says to Oli, uh, Oli, did you ever tell that's that's not a Norwegian accent. Did you did <laughs> I, I was thinking Irish, so I'm saying, hi, I'm an Irish uh, Viking. Um Did you did did you ever tell Signa that you love her? And he says, Oh, I told her at our wedding, so she already knows. <laughs> and that's the attitude. That was my grandfather. I told her when we got married. What else do I need to say? It has been said. If I change my mind, I'll let her know. <laughs> like, that is a pretty common mentality and a pretty common attitude. And I dare say, it's a, perhaps a little repressed, um, God wants us to actually express thankfulness. It's not just something that we bury deep, deep down. Yes, I have gratitude for God. No, if we really have gratitude, it will come out of us. Right? When you're under pressure you get squeezed, and whatever's inside comes out, right? So when you're under pressure, when things are stressful, when things are going on in your life, and you get squeezed, what comes out? Rage, distemper, anger, thanksgiving, joy. Ooh, there's some conviction happening right now. We had a stressful weekend, and I was squeezed, and it wasn't all happiness and fuzzy and joy that came out of me. When I was squeezed, there was, there was some, some negativity and some uh, lack of <laughs> patience. I think this is the best way to say it. I was very impatient this weekend. Um, but it was a wake-up call. Okay, you know what? I, th this shouldn't be the case. The Holy Spirit should come out. If I'm full of the Spirit, when I get squeezed, the Holy Spirit should come out. Amen? And so when we find ourselves in one of those places where we have a little bit of a wake-up call, okay, I'm, something's not right. I'm not lined up the way I should be, under the cross. I, I'm, I'm going my own way a little bit, and then I'm getting a little off, getting a little off. Um, it's a good time to take stock, and that's why I love the Thanksgiving holiday, because then at least once a year, we take stock of gratitude and of Thanksgiving. And I think we, we can all agree that we can do a little bit better at that. Um, so that's what I would encourage us to do. Put Thanksgiving at the top of our prayer lists instead of just a laundry list of, here, God, here are all the things I'd like you to do for me. Let's start out with Thanksgiving. Enter, enter with Thanksgiving. So we start out with Thanksgiving, and then we move on. And he wants us to tell him um, his prayers. We talked about last week, actually, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. No problem. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with Thanksgiving. So by prayer and supplication, with Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And all my life, I heard the, 
Yes, supplication, prayer. Let your request be made known to God. God wants to hear our prayer requests. That's important to him. And that's very true. But I missed the part in the middle. Paul put it in the middle because it's the most important. Philippians 4, 6. Um, Paul put it in the middle because that phrase is what's important. Prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known. And I missed the with thanksgiving part, either intentionally or unintentionally, for many years. And, and I was getting into a place where I would occasionally grumble my prayers. Um, you know, like, what's your deal, God? Why aren't you answering my prayers kind of a way? Uh, which is basically the opposite of Thanksgiving, right? Like, I'm entitled. I'm entitled to something, God. Why don't you, why don't you give me my due? That's like the opposite. That's not humble, right? And it's the opposite of Thanksgiving. And then um, my mentor, Davo, shout out to Dave Olson, um, who was my mentor, one of my mentors in college, he was like, with Thanksgiving, with Thanksgiving, everything you do, everything you say is supposed to be done with Thanksgiving. And I was like, well, that's something I'm terrible at, for sure. Um, and it actually took me a long time to try to retrain myself. And I'm not going to say I'm perfect at all. I'm um, still got a lot of improvement. But training yourself to do it all with Thanksgiving takes a little bit of work. But we can make our prayer life a thankful thing, also hopeful and expectant, for sure. But it has to start out with thanksgiving um, rather than just giving God a list of stuff. And this, and this is where I wanted to take this, um, this is how we walk into faith oftentimes, especially when we're in difficult circumstances. Um, It's easy to see how we can be thankful when things are going well. I want a new car. Well, obviously, you're going to be super thankful, right? My car just got destroyed. Well, that's, that's a little tougher. Right? I mean, I'm not making this up, right? It's harder to be thankful when things are crappy. It's harder to be thankful when something is genuinely horrible. And yet, I have found, um, and we're going to talk about some scriptures on this, that being thankful, actually showing thanksgiving to God, speaking it out, in those times is really powerful. Being thankful when any pagan would be thankful, I want a new car, that, that, that's great, but it doesn't give us much, right? Being thankful when most people would be cursing God's name, that's, that's when it's tough and that's when it's that important. Obviously, there's a big spectrum in between, right? Um, so in the midst of circumstances, even difficult ones, we can learn to be thankful. Now, I'm not a masochist, so I'm not saying... We are thankful for every horrible thing that happens in our life. Okay? That's not what I'm saying. Horrible things happen. We don't have to, like, pretend to be thankful for that or actually become thankful for that. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that we can be thankful in the midst of any circumstance if we keep our eyes on Jesus and if we trust him because we can can expect and thank God to do what he said, to be faithful to the end, as we sang this morning. Okay, God will be faithful to us, and we can thank him for that, even though it hasn't happened yet. Everybody with me? So thanks, gratitude now, falls into the realm of faith. We've talked about this a number of times, but faith is belief plus obedience, belief plus some sort of action, okay? Uh, It's not just believing something in our heart. For it to be faith, it has to move into the outward realm of action and not just consciousness, And so the Bible says faith without works is dead. It doesn't exist, okay, in James. 
And Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So we hope for it. We don't see it yet, but we are sure of it anyway. That's what faith is. And it is the conviction of things not seen or the substance of things not seen. And I love that, that word, substance. There's a church by that name. I think it's a pretty decent church, I heard. Um, that, that's just such an awesome concept and a great way to name your church, substance. This is the substance of things not seen, the substance of things hoped for. That's what faith is. Faith is, even though I don't see it, I'm going to live it anyway. Abraham, even though he didn't know where he was going, obeyed God and left his home, took all his goats with him, and marched into the wilderness. That's a tough one. He had no idea where he was even going. Okay, that's faith. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to obey even though I don't see. And so we, and we are in circumstances where we don't see how things are going to work out. We have faith anyway when we, for today's example, thank God that he's going to be faithful. So we can say, thank you, God, that you are going to work all things for good in this situation because I am loved and called according to your purpose, and I love you, right? And so we can say, God, that is true in your word. You're going to be faithful somehow. I I don't have to see it. (laughs) I don't have to understand how it's going to happen, but you are going to be faithful through this, and I trust you. So thank you. So it's a thanks of faith. We're thanking God for things that have never happened yet. (laughs) We're thanking God for things that we don't yet see, and that is a way that we can activate our faith. And I have found that it's a really powerful way to activate our faith. When we're in difficult circumstances or when God gives us a vision and it's too big for us and we don't see how it could ever possibly happen, we thank God that it's going to happen anyway. We thank God that he is going to work. We thank God that he is going to move. We thank God that things are going to change, that that person's heart is going to turn to God. Whatever the circumstance is, we thank God for what he's doing and what he's about to do and what he's promised to do, even when we don't see it. And that is a really powerful, powerful move. It's a powerful way to activate our faith. And there's very little stronger than faith in the universe. It's one of the most powerful substances there is. Because it's, I I think of faith this way. Faith is the, I'm going to get really sci-fi. Faith is the portal from dimension heaven to dimension earth. Okay? Think of heaven as another reality. If you've ever seen sci-fi movies or shows, heaven is another dimension, another reality that exists concurrently with ours, but we only see our reality. Reality is bigger than what we see. We all know that, and that's what the Bible teaches. And so part of that other reality that we don't see is heaven. Faith is the way that those two things connect. Those two things touch when we activate our faith. And so when we act in faith, something happens in heaven that moves something on earth. Everybody with me? And so this is powerful. And that's why when we act in faith, it is the assurance of things hoped for. And we believe it exists here. And when we act in faith, it begins to exist here. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it's already being done in heaven. We pray that that would be true. And it becomes true as we act. And that's what Jesus did while he was here. He acted on the will of God. And as he acted in faith, People got healed. Blind eyes were open. Crippled people walked. And it was incredible. And the kingdom of God was spread in that way. And Jesus said, now you go do that. Same thing. And so we are called to be Jesus now, the hands and feet of him in this earth. And so we are meant to walk in faith as well to spread the kingdom of God. 
Um, but the difficulty comes when we see our circumstances and they don't look so hot. It's, it's difficult and challenging. And we've talked about this all year, right? It's, it's difficult when we see what's around us and it doesn't look good. And so the Bible is saying, no, you need to look above that <laughs> to heaven. You need to look to God. You need to look to what the word says. And you need to believe the best and know that God is faithful and that he's going to come through. And when we thank him for that, it activates that faith. And it's a really powerful thing in my experience. Uh, does anybody have any examples of that possibly in your own life? Maybe you've done this before, seen it done. Anybody? No pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. In- invite them to lunch. <laughs> invite them to your house. Bring it. Bring them into community, whether it's here or somewhere else, or just your house. Um, I think sometimes when people are low, they need someone else to help pull them up. And that's what we're supposed to be for each other, is we help each other out when we need a little bit of help. And that rubs off, and eventually we can help them maybe see some things that they can't see, as long as they're not going to perceive it as us bashing them over the head of, you got to do this and you got to do that, because sometimes you're, you're just not in a headspace where you can hear that or receive that. Um, but when, when you know someone loves you, and you know that, and they say, I'm concerned about you because of this. What do you think maybe we do this about that or this? or Like, we listen to that, right? Because we've given them a place in our life to be able to speak into us because we know that they love us. And so when we can be that for someone else, um, that can be a powerful way for us to speak faith into their life because maybe they don't have the faith to see anything happen. Maybe they don't have enough faith to say thank you for what they do not yet see. But we can, and we can speak into them, and that counts. That actually counts, and that works, and that will change their life. Think of the, uh, the four friends who lowered the cripple through the roof to see Jesus. Remember that lo- awesome story? They, they cut a hole in a dude's roof. That's not the awesome part of the story. That's, that's vandalism. But, <laughs> but, but they lowered their friend down, and it makes a point, the whole story of saying, the guys did this, they lowered their friend down, and then Jesus said, because of the faith of your friends, you're healed. This dude had no faith. He did not believe. I think it's very clear from the passage. He did not believe in Jesus. He didn't believe anything was going to change. He was probably like many people who've had a difficult physical problem for a long time, very bitter and very angry and very upset. And he didn't believe at all. But his friends did. And their faith and their action bringing him to Jesus was good enough. And Jesus says, because of their faith, your sins are forgiven and take up your bed and go home. It's a powerful, powerful story of how important we are in each other's lives. Chris.
If you were inviting someone somewhere, I'll, I'll allow it. Who was here last week? Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Well, there's a reason, even in the Old Testament, all the important religious services and religious holidays, they were all feasts, community meals, part of your tithe. Like, we talked about this when we talked about money, but in the Old Testament, they had three different tithes, and one of them was save up to buy food for your neighborhood and have big feasts and throw big parties. Like, that was with, with strong drink and, and good food. Um, that's a whole other sermon. It's fine. Um, but uh, that's an important thing. And it has been throughout, you know, throughout the Bible. God created Adam and Eve in a garden. We're connected to that, to food, to land. It's, it's an important part of life. Yeah, and for, for most people in this day and age, the fact that you cared enough to ask him multiple times over a period of time, he's probably like, who is this guy? Like, what is the deal?
that's that's awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like that. Nice relaxing trip. So cool. Uh, Gwen?
It's true.
Exactly. Peace is one of those weapons. Peace and thanksgiving and joy. Those are. And it's all throughout the Bible. You're right. And I've, I've really found that to be true, that how powerful Thanksgiving is in every area. And I, I, I was talking about it today in faith because I think for me in my life, the, the evidence of how powerful Thanksgiving is, is especially true when things are difficult and when things have been tough in my life. And I have seen it over and over again, how powerful Thanksgiving is. And it is one of those weapons that combats entitlement. And I have found that in my life, when I look like, you know, you sin, you fall in, you, you, you blow up at your family, you, you know, you, you sin, you screw up, and you look back, hopefully, at what led to that. Why did I do that, right? And oftentimes, it's this idea of entitlement. I deserve this, I deserve that, which comes from pride, of course. And Thanksgiving is the opposite of that. It is, no, I am thankful for, I am thankful for, not I deserve or gimme, gimme, and then when it doesn't go my way, I get upset. Um, and what I have seen over and over again is that when we're in some sort of test in our life, in our circumstances, a money test, a, a faith test, some sort of test, that if we can, in the midst of that, thank God for what he's going to do, for what he's already doing that we can't see, because God is always at work in you to make you both willing and able to obey him. He is always working in your circumstances to bring about his will. And so we can't see that, but we said, God, I thank you anyway. I thank you that you're faithful. When we thank him for all that stuff, it's really powerful. And that is, in my experience, how our test becomes a testimony. And it, it's just happened so many times in my life. And I also wanted to jump on, and then people are jumping up. This is, you guys are preaching a great sermon, so I'm not going to take all the time. Um, but you, you mentioned how it's caught. It's caught more than taught, and I think it's true. Hopefully this can encourage us to like try to pursue Thanksgiving and to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. But it is really caught, because when my mentor said, with Thanksgiving, Nate, with Thanksgiving, with Thanksgiving, and I was like, yes, yes, okay, and I was praying for God to help me with that, but I didn't catch it yet. I like knew it up here. I'm like, I need to do this, but that's only part of it, right? That's only the beginning. I wasn't doing it. I didn't know how to do it. But there was a friend of mine, Pete, um, who was one of the most thankful people I had ever met, to, to, to an absurd degree, in my opinion. I, w I used to make fun of him a little bit. And then later on, I repented of that because I was totally wrong. Like, he would be in the lunch line at the cafeteria, and the lady would slop some slop on his plate, and he'd be like, thank you so much. And, it, like, he was serious, it wasn't like, thank you so much for this prison food. It was like he was actually saying thank you. And he would say thank you to people who held the door. And he would say thank you to someone who let him pick up a tray before them. He, I mean, just I ate with him a lot. So most of these are uh, cafeteria. And I'm hungry. Uh, uh, so, um, But he was just thankful all the time. He, was, he tended to be pretty positive in general. But he was thankful. And so I caught it from Pete. Because he was just so thankful all the time. And that is a way that we can influence people who need hope and who need some stuff, is we can just do it. Do it to everybody. Do it to God. Do it to them. We can be thankful. And it really is caught. Um, and it's especially powerful in your own home. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But first, I'm going to pause because a couple other people wanted to, to say something. Yeah.
Less cancer. Yeah, that's good. He can't resist is the answer. God can't resist faith. God can't resist faith. It's the substance of what we don't see. What we don't see becomes substance through faith. He can't not act. It can't not happen. And, and he, he can't resist it. It's really true. I love, I love that example. Yeah. I see what you did there. That's powerful. So powerful. Yeah, I'm we, we can believe and act on something that we believe halfway. I mean, it's like the person who said, God, heal, Jesus, heal my daughter. Do you believe I can do this? I believe. Help my unbelief. Both were true statements. He believed, but he recognized that he needed help in his unbelief. That is us almost all the time. It, it, it takes a very large number of occurrences of something of God coming through in our life for us to move from faith to complete assurance. 
I'm, I've moved from faith to knowledge because I know God is going to provide, for example, in our life financially. Because it's happened so many times that I don't have faith he'll provide, I know it. But it takes a long time to get there. And most of the time, it's a percentage until we get to that point in any one area of our life. I believe for healing this much. <laughs> this much doesn't. And tomorrow it might be this and this. I mean, and that is, that is life. It's okay. The Holy Spirit knows. God, God knows us. Okay? Um, and so we, we, can, we can thank him and, and pray for all those things. No matter what. Uh-huh. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's my prayer. When years ago I started praying this, when it came to, th- I wanted to cultivate Thanksgiving. And so I prayed, Lord, help me that anytime I complain or feel entitled to something, that you would remind me of what I need to be thankful for. So check me. That's prayer one. Prayer one is check me when I'm, when I'm not, not in the right place. When I'm starting to complain, remind me, nope, be thankful instead. Be thankful instead of that complaint. Even if the complaint's legitimate, be thankful instead. That's more powerful. And the second prayer was, help me see things the way you see them. Because if we see things th- as they truly are, if we see things as God sees them, then all we're going to do is be thankful and joyous, even in the midst of difficulty. Because worst case scenario, something is happening in our lives and we can't see any possible way out of it. Well, thank you, God, that at least you are making me more like Christ through this, as I submit to you. At the very least. And sometimes being more like Christ means you get whipped and beaten and crucified. And we partake in his suffering. And that's a real part of life. But praise God that we even get to do that. And so we can be thankful even in, in those difficulties. Um, and and I, we're starting to go late, and there's tons more that we could say about this. You guys are doing a great job preaching this morning, by the way. Thank you for that. I just want to end real quickly on this one note. Gratitude to God, thankfulness to God, super important. We've been talking about that for two weeks. I also want to put a bug in your ear for let's try to be more thankful to each other, too. I have found that um, I am attracted to people who are thankful. People who thank me for something I did, I like that. I am more inclined to do something for them in the future when they show gratitude. It's true with my kids. I shared that last week. Let's try to be more thankful to each other. And here's the area where I have found it most difficult in my own life. Maybe you can relate. I find it most difficult to show gratitude. I'm talking about showing, not just heart attitude. Showing it to people I live with. I find it the most difficult to show gratitude to people I live with. It was true with roommates in college. It was true with family members. It's true now. And I don't know why that is. (laughs) I, I, I suspect it's because... 
you know, when you live with people, you have higher expectations of them. And sometimes when someone just fulfills expectations, you're like, well, that's what they were supposed to do. We decided they would do this, and I would do this, and so they did their job. Do I need to thank them for that? But then that reminds me of my grandpa. Do I need to tell her I love her? No, I told her once. She knows. She should know. Um, And so what God's been getting at me about lately is show more gratitude to, to the kids and to Sarah in particular, and to Sarah's sister, Becca, who lives with us. So show more gratitude to the people I live with. Sarah made a great meal. Well, she decided she was going to make the meal. I was going to do this. So she fulfilled her part of the contract. I fulfilled my part of the contract. Is there any need for Thanksgiving on top of that? Yes, it's called a tip. (laughs) When you leave a tip at the end of the meal, it's called what? Gratuity. Same root word as gratitude. Right? So I say, thank you so much for making this food. It is awesome. Thank you. And I don't know why it is, but for some reason, we forget sometimes to be thankful to the people we most need to be thankful to. The people who are around us need to like us. They need to be inclined to to do things and be on our side, right? And the people who are around us the most are the ones God has put in our life. And so we have a calling and a responsibility to bless them, to help them. And the simple act of saying thank you and showing gratitude to the people we live with, I think is really powerful. But for some reason, we do it less. Spouses do it less with each other. Parents and kids do it less. Roommates even, eventually. I remember almost every year where I roomed with someone before we got, she was my third roommate in college, so um, I didn't room with that many other people. But um, we were married, in case. Um, not just, they assigned us together. That'd be weird. Um, like, the, r- the year would start out great, and then it would sort of descend into months of built-up annoyances, at the other person, microaggressions, passive aggressiveness, all that kind of stuff would sort of build up into a, there's no gratitude. Gratitude diffuses those things. Thankfulness diffuses all that kind of stuff, all those tensions. Just being like, thank, thank you. And if you've ever noticed this, when someone says thank you to you for something, that you've started to be like, they're kind of ungrateful. Right? We get that way, Right? And sometimes we're like, they're kind of ungrateful about this thing. I, I worked so hard for this. I didn't say anything. I worked hours on that casserole. And then when they finally say thank you, we're like, oh, like it feels, it's yummy, yummy. That's yummier than the casserole. The Thanksgiving, it's good. It's good for us. And so let's give it out freely, okay? The Thanksgiving, not the casseroles. You can give those out. But Let's, let's try, and, and so I'm asking the Lord, Lord, help me to be more thankful. And sometimes you fake it till you make it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Because building habits sometimes means repetition, right? Learning how to play piano, it just takes time. Um, and so I just wanted to throw that out there to, hey, let's, let's check ourselves and say, am I showing enough gratitude to the people I live with, the people I work with, the people who are in, in my immediate vicinity? Do they, would they say, that is a thankful person? Or not? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but sometimes he does tap us and say, you could do a little better at that, okay? And I like it when the Holy Spirit does that to me because I ask him to all the time. Tap me on the shoulder, show me where I'm not measuring up. So when he does it, I thank him. And that's my last example. Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you.
that you are always working within us to make, you make us both willing and able to obey you, especially that able part, can be tough for us. And so I pray for that we'd also be more willing to obey you. We thank you that you are faithful to work on us in that area. And so I pray that you would help build a desire in us to become more thankful, to build that gratitude, to show it to everybody around us, to people we live with, people we work with, come in contact with, and of course, most importantly to you, Father God. Pray that you would show us, Holy Spirit, when we're falling short, when we're tempted to, to be complaining or grumbling, that you'd remind us to be thankful instead. Um, that you would help us, Lord, to be the example to the people in our lives, that they could catch thanksgiving and gratitude through us and that they could learn to use it to build their faith. Lord, help us when we don't see how things are going to work out and the situation doesn't look good to our eyes. Help us to see with your eyes and see with the eyes of faith to thank you for what you're doing that we can't see, but also for what you haven't yet done, trusting that you are going to do it. We pray that this week we could be that example for our family, as most of us are getting together with family this week, maybe especially the people that we have a little tougher time with or have a history with. Pray that you would help us to be thankful. Lord, I pray right now that you would give each of us something specific to thank these people for, all of our family members, especially the dad that we butt heads with or the sister-in-law that we never really got along with or the, the whatever who doesn't like us, we think. Wh- whoever it is, Lord, give us specific, genuine, honest things that we can thank them for. Thank you so much for this thing you did or the way you were this example to be in my life that we can thank them, honor them. I pray that you would do that for all of us over this next week. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, potluck next week. Bring a pot with some food in it. Don't bring some pot. That'll get us in trouble. Nobody's listening. It's fine. I just said don't bring pot. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was funny. Okay. Well, that might be an even bigger challenge because, like I said, sometimes it's the people you're around all the time that are actually a bigger challenge, you know? Yes, that's a good way to see it. Yeah. Amen. Great job preaching today. No, but it was it was great. It was right in line with what we were talking about. It is. It's such a big topic. Yeah, praise God.
Hey, if a couple strong people are so inclined, we're going to move this uh, pool table over here. We're going to move it out of the way, so it'll be better. So if a couple strong people want to help us move a pool table, that would be awesome.